0: Everyone, welcome to the Wise Up podcast presented by Wise Up Community Ed. I'm your host Zach Nelson, and I'm joined today by three special guests from the Wise Up Early Learning School Naomi Huso, Lee Doyle, and Linda Johnson. How's everyone doing today?
1: Great, thank you for having us. We're good, thank you.
0: So, Naomi Lee and Linda specialize in early childhood family education, they have some great tips today as all of you adjust to your new life at home. Many of you are isolated with your family, um, which we all know can provide some challenges. So today they're gonna help you navigate and work through some of these potential challenges. Um, And before I get too carried away, they have some great resources that we've been working on that I will share on our website after the show. So you can access those details, flyers, and information at any point. The first topic we're gonna cover today is kids and the coronavirus, COVID-19, how to navigate those waters. Naomi, this coronavirus is a complicated enough task for us as adults to understand. I can't imagine what is going through the heads of children with some of this. Where do we even begin with trying to make sense of this with our kids?
2: I think Zach, where it really starts is Looking at where your child's at in their developmental age and keeping it as simple as possible. Oftentimes, as adults, we want to know all of the details, but we need to remember that our kids are often just looking for a simple, short answer and just directing to
3: what they're asking for.
0: Can a child be too fixated on something like the coronavirus? If, you know, I know children tend to get something in their head and can't really distract themselves from it. Is there an easy way to help kind of remove it from their thought process at all times?
2: I think with anything, certain temperaments and personalities tend to fixate more on things than others. Some children might be a little more drawn to it. Um, Oftentimes that comes from their hearing it in their home. If mom and dad have the news on, um, if people in the house are talking about it, older siblings, it's going to be more in their world, and so they could fixate on it. But the biggest part about all of this is, as a parent, your kids are taking your lead on your energy. So if you are calm and collected, if you're able to debrief and talk about some of those things that you're worried about with other adults when the kids are away, you can hopefully have a more calm composure with your kids and help them, work, help them work through some of their fears.
0: Linda, should conversations about the coronavirus be more of a plan thing or can they come up as more spur-of-the-moment conversations?
3: That's a good question. I think there's um, opportunity to respond to questions and use teachable moments to share information. But you don't need to plan a speech or say, everybody, come on in. We're going to talk about coronavirus. Answer questions as they come up.
0: Lee, Naomi mentioned being able to stay calm as a parent yourself before getting into a conversation with your child about this. Can you elaborate on just how important it is to understand everything um, from your own end and not And kind of remaining calm when having those conversations
1: children follow our lead and they react to our emotion so if we model being calm they're gonna know that we are calm and that they're gonna feel that and just labeling the emotions as you see it um, and just say I I can see that you're feeling this way Um, how can I help you Um, also you know just practicing your deep breathing before you go into a big conversation you know offer snuggles comfort anything you can just to know that like we are here as parents we are listening to you we understand that this is a weird time but just having that open ear anytime that they need it
0: and I think a big part of that is there's obviously a lot of stories and news articles about the virus and um, along with that could come a lot of misconceptions and a lot of things that quite frankly are, are downright scary do you have any advice on how to navigate those waters in terms of getting information and making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself with you know some of those scary stories
1: I would say, you know, focus on what the CDC says. Um, If you need to go on their website and look to see what they're saying. uh, Also try not to do it around the kids. Um, If you're gonna watch the nightly news, try and download it after they've gone to bed. Try watching your morning news when they're not in the room. Uh, The more talking to friends or FaceTiming other people, but when they start talking about maybe some of the scarier stuff, just ask, say, hey, can we talk about that at a different time? The kids are listening, they're hearing. Um, and, and again, just trying, you know, finding those adult moments to talk about it instead of in front of the kids, I think would really help them.
0: Naomi, one of the prevailing narratives with this virus so far, and it's not, it's not in total or it's not whole scale, but it's that kids tend to be safer from this virus than say older adults or adults with preexisting conditions. Now, can you touch on how do parents make sure that their kids are serious about this, but also aren't just downright scared of it?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting as more is coming out, um, you know, we're hearing new information every day on it. What I think is so important for parents to really just focus on, especially with our young kids, is like uh, Lee talked about, the CDC We want to practice hand washing. That should be a part of your everyday routine. When you do have a cold, we're covering our coughs. When we wipe our nose, we're washing our hands directly after. Um, These are things that we should be practicing every day, all year long, just to keep everybody safe in general. But with the coronavirus, you know, there's the added component of social distancing, which is new and different. Um, PBS Kids has done a great job putting together some of the favorite characters, um, talking about this in videos. Daniel Tiger has an episode out about when you're sick and going home and resting. Um, he also talks about being a germ buster and putting all those germs down the drain and keeping ourselves healthy. Elmo will give a video and talk about where to put your paw for your sneeze in your elbow but janet lansbury is um another person out there another resource and in her podcast unruffled she talks about how we can visually help our preschool to elementary age kids kind of see how social distancing can be helpful she recommends taking a kleenex and balling it up and sitting next to your child and pass that kleenex back and forth and it's fairly easy But as you put distance between you and back away, it's harder to get that Kleenex to the other person and pass it back and forth. But when we put distance between us and other people, it's harder to spread our germs. We don't want to scare our kids, but we want to visually show them how this social distancing can be helpful.
0: Um, I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about family scheduling. Obviously, a lot of people out there listening to this are trying to adjust to life at home with kids, with their spouses, with a lot of people packed into one spot for a very long period of time. So, Linda, why is family scheduling so important during this time?
3: It really helps families to know what a day will look like, and the day is really long if you don't have a plan for it. Young children respond really well to knowing what's going to come next. Even the youngest of children can get used to a routine and be able to follow and cooperate if they know what to expect.
0: One thing I've noticed when I've been working from home is the day just seems to blend together um from whether you're working or eating or doing anything else and lee can you talk about can you i guess expound upon splitting the day up into blocks why is that so important
1: well i think again they just they know what to expect if you say you will have your outside time or maybe your craft time during this you can mentally as a parent be prepared for that mess you can uh look for the weather and make sure it's going to be nice and sunny and not raining if you know scheduling throughout the day what to expect and also to plan for things if you know um you know you've got you're gonna have to put together a dinner um for everybody you could maybe do a crock pot meal during the day when everybody's chill and having them dumping things in and measuring and um you can have the older kids plan on what they're gonna make and get everybody involved in it. Um, a good that's a good thirty minutes. and then everybody's not starving. They're not, you know pulling at your legs and and crying and things like that when dinner does come. So trying to find those calm moments to do different things, also teaching them new things. Um, and you've got all the time in the world now to show them how to make a bed every day you practice cuz you're not racing out of the house anymore. So just slowing down and finding things to do around your house.
0: So one of the big issues and big topics in general with kids is screen time. I feel like in isolation like this it might be tempting for parents just to, you know, for their own sanity, here's a here's an iPad or here's something on TV. How do you, would you recommend parents Or what advice would you give to parents on how to navigate screen time during this, Naomi?
2: So if we go back to the American Academy of Pediatrics, they recommend under the age of two, no screen time. But I think we need to keep in mind that our technology is a tool in our parenting toolbox. And right now we are in a time that is very different than any other. And so my biggest thing to parents is let's think about some moderation and purpose. Um, Video chatting with family, friends, anyone, I think can be considered a social situation. And as long as parents are nearby and interacting, I don't think we need to count that as our screen time because that is how we are going to teach social emotional skills right now, is being able to see grandma and grandpa, see aunts and uncles and friends, and take advantage of the technology that we have in our world right now. But when it comes to putting our kids with the TV or with the iPad to watch a show, just make sure that we're thinking about how much time are we actually spending And do we have our boundaries set? Do we have a time in our day where we're blocking out screen time? We're gonna watch a show after dinner, or we're gonna watch a show before we eat breakfast. Um, Susie Allison from Busy Toddlers has some great recommendations around screen time and blocking this into your schedule uh, so that you have a start and end time. Kids need to know when things start and when things end and it's easy to just kind of let it keep rolling and kind of forget about the end time and so thinking about that
1: i think it is also great too if you do have that visual schedule to also point out the next time they get it um so that yes it is ending but look in the look after you do a b and c you will get it again So it's not going away forever, it's just going away for right now because we have all these other great things to do in between the time.
0: Linda, quiet time is a must, not only for kids, but for parents to take a break from everything during this time period. Explain how parents can navigate quiet time.
3: You can build it into your schedule, of course, and younger children, automatically take their naps we hope and older children are done taking naps but we can teach them that a few minutes of rest or time to themselves can be really helpful and a reset time parents need it older children need it and of course younger children need it to add to their total sleeping hours
0: So I think that's a good segue, switching gears one more time, to independent play. Um, It might be tough, especially when you have, you might have multiple kids stuck in the house. You might have um, other family members. You might have pets. Independent play is a very important aspect of development in children. Lee, can you explain how parents can create these independent play scenarios?
1: I would say by starting with something that you know that they love to do. Maybe it's building blocks, playing in their dollhouse, um, coloring, and start with them without your phone, without being distracted by something else, and engage with them. And then tell them, I'm going to step away for a couple minutes to go unload the dishwasher, switch the laundry. I will be back. And start with small chunks. Go get that done for maybe five minutes and then come back. I came back. I'm ready to play. I'm going to play with you for X amount of minutes. And then be like, I have to quick run and go to the bathroom. And continue to build the time that you're away in small chunks. But making sure when you are back with them that you are engaging with them. And the more you practice this, the easier it will become for you and for the kids and find something that they love to do. Because if you tell them to independent play on something that they maybe don't love, it's not going to last that long.
0: Naomi, can independent play and screen time be two of the same in this regard?
2: I think when it comes to screen time, again, we we don't want to discredit the research and the research shows that if you're using screen time as a learning opportunity, children learn more with a caregiver right by their side. And so, although yes, you can use screen time as a I need to take a shower and I know that you're gonna stay in one place for 20 minutes. And if that's your purpose behind it, use it. It's a tool in your toolbox. But we don't want to rely on screen time to be independent play because independent play is separate. It's a skill that children learn that I can be creative, I can be curious, I can problem solve, I can you know, entertain myself for a long period of time and screen time doesn't allow for those things. It only allows for the children to be engaged in something so that they're not wandering the house.
1: I have a dear friend who locks her equipment up, all of her iPads and phones for the older kids up in a safe. And then they don't have access to anything, which then it takes a little bit, but then it gets their creative minds going. And then they find other things to do because it's locked up and they don't have that temptation. So for the older kids out there, if you have to take away those remotes, take away those, um, Xbox controllers, those iPads, those phones, and just say for the next hour and a half, they are locked up or put away or they're staying right here so they aren't tempted for those older kids to do something. And for those parents who, like right now, my kids are on screen time while I'm doing this podcast because that is keeping them quiet so they don't come bursting in here. You know, sometimes you do have to use it and to cut yourself some slack and just realize this is something new and different and we don't know, and we haven't navigated this ever before, and just to give yourself grace,
0: I'd like to go around the room now and ask each of you if you could have one thing that you would give to parents as advice to navigate this. What would that be? So I'll start with you, Naomi.
2: I think my biggest piece of advice right now is know that we're in uncharted territory. this is so new and Just be very real with your emotions right now and understand that everyone in your house has some big feelings and those feelings are okay. You're navigating what the new normal looks like, but just remember this is temporary and it will
1: end.
0: Lee, what about you?
1: I would say, and in, in just piggybacking with Naomi, this is a marathon, this isn't a sprint, we don't know um, what the days ahead come. so take everything day by day, know that, you know, have patience with your kids, just like Naomi said, there's a lot of different feelings going on, they're not able to see their friends, their routines are disrupted, so trying to find that new normal, and just cut yourself some slack, and do what you got to do in order to keep your sanity and your kids' sanity and, and know that we are here for you if you have any questions or concerns or need us to point you
3: in a certain direction.
0: And Linda, what would be your piece of advice for parents?
3: I feel like I want to say don't let the stress get in the way of the silver lining with this opportunity to have more time together. We have the opportunity to learn new things as a family. And I would even say that to my kids. Kids, we're learning how to do things new. And with that, we can learn how to do things that are hard, and we're going to do a great job at it.
0: Is there a good way to get a hold of you guys for parents if they if they need some advice on things or just maybe they need to just vent for a little bit on, on some, some parenting um, experiences?
2: I take all emails. Um, I check email regularly. And any parent that wants to do a video call, a phone call, any of that, I am more than happy to schedule out time to make sure that we can talk. And I think I speak for everyone. That email is the best way to get that initial contact. And we are more than happy to schedule anything that you need in order to connect with us.
1: I would agree with Naomi. And, and if we don't have the answer, we'll find it for you or point you in a person that might have the answer.
0: Yeah. And I will, I will post all of, uh, all of their emails, Naomi, Lee and Linda on our, uh, on our blog. So you, if you want to reach out to them via email, um, they'd be more than happy to help, but thank you all for joining me. And again, good luck to parents out there. And, Again, there's silver linings here, but um, this is temporary and, and we'll all get through it. So thank, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks to the three of you for joining me and hopefully we can, we can do this again.
3: Good luck everybody out there.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining. Please subscribe to and review our podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. If you haven't done so already, check out our Community Ed blog on the Community Ed website that website is community communityed we'll be posting daily with ways to keep you and your family busy at home along with just trying to provide you with some entertainment and speaking of entertainment follow our facebook page for activities and other ways to keep this thing moving forward we'll be back on wednesday with matthew myers from traverse counseling and consulting with some more tips on how to navigate these tough times as a family stay safe be positive we'll talk to you on wednesday